guys, it's Nate. It's time for another bite size. So I'm going to try and make this, uh, well, we all know that we're bad at brevity or we're really good at being bad at brevity, but I'm going to try to make this sort of a quicker burn. Uh, but I wanted to take a couple minutes here. I, you know, I was, I was thinking back through and it's been a while since I've just actually talked about a single game that I've been playing and that I've been enjoying and, and sharing some of my thoughts on. And so I thought, you know what? I've been playing a fairly healthy chunk of XCOM 2 lately. I really liked XCOM 1. And I thought it might be good to just talk about the things that I'm liking. I haven't finished it yet, but I think I have a fairly uh, developed opinion of the gameplay so far. Um, so let's just talk about some basic details. Uh, XCOM 2 is a sequel to the, the XCOM reboot from back in, I think, 2012. Uh, and then it's uh, it, XCOM 2 was released in 2016. It's available for PC, for PS4, for Xbox One. And uh, Wikipedia says that it's available on the Nintendo Switch. I haven't checked that. So, uh, which I don't know if I'd recommend playing that version. And this is just sort of my thoughts on it. Like, I know that they've there have been a lot of really great ports that have sort of made things work on the Switch that abs have absolutely no right working on the Switch. But even on my 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 PS4 Slim, this, you know, XCOM 2, and I'm not playing War of the Chosen right now. I'm just playing, like, the base game. Uh, but, it like, it loads sometimes for a couple minutes at a clip. And uh, some of those, those you know, I do a lot of staring at loading screens, which I'm very interested in trying this game out on PS5 at some point in time when I make all those things happen. And I'll get back to that here in a little bit. But uh, to be perfectly frank, I the, the story of the original XCOM and XCOM 2 don't really mean all that much to me. I just, I enjoy sort of the combat loop. Uh, the, the story's fine for, you know, the, the bits and pieces that I can remember. But uh, overall... In the original XCOM reboot back, uh, you know, in 2012, you're basically sort of fighting off an alien invasion. Well, in XCOM 2, it's about 20 years later, and the the aliens basically kind of won, and they established some some I don't know outposts on Earth, and they've sort of made friendly, you know, quote unquote, with the general populace, and there's they're offering all sorts of like technology and all sorts of benefits. There's like these, these gene therapy clinics that they open and they're healing all sorts of diseases and stuff. But, you know, you know, the reality is, you know, you know, as, especially as you, you're, you're playing XCOM 2, you know, of course they're aliens and they're bad guys. And so their, their motives aren't nearly as altruistic as they maintain. And so, you know, you as the commander of the, the basically what's left of, the XCOM, uh, you know, task force. It's it's your job to sort of gather up a, a group of scrappy, you know, ne'er do wells and and resist or something like that. I don't know. It's it's you know basically you know it's the story for me is just a vehicle for some pretty enjoyable gameplay. Now, as far as the gameplay goes, what is kind of interesting is the. Um, there's two, maybe three sort of gameplay modes. And I, and I say two, maybe three, because 
there's a part of the game. So your base of operations is the Avenger, which is a it's a, a captured and repurposed alien ship. And it's and it actually it, it's sort of a mobile base at that point in time that becomes what you operate out of. And um, so you'll spend a fair amount of the game sort of upgrading the interior of the Avenger and adding facilities and clearing stuff out. And, you know, and that's where you do like research to to get better weapons. And and there's there's a little bit like of a I don't there's I want to call it some sort of like management sim uh, kind of elements, but it's very light in that. Now, it is important in a sense because there are certain facilities that are absolutely critical for, uh, you know, just basically sort of mitigating some of the difficulty of the game. Uh, You know, there are a couple of facilities that you want to build early on because they provide benefits to your your troops um, so that when you're actually going out and doing the missions, you have access to to better skills and better equipment and uh yeah there's there are some you know faqs and stuff out there where if you're you're interested in playing this game and you're looking to sort of optimize the build there are there are are some walkthroughs and guides out there and saying like this is how you should build your base Uh, i didn't really do that i i was aware of some of that stuff but i didn't worry too much about it i just sort of played the game and and so then you can actually go to the bridge and from there you can sort of maneuver the avenger all over the world and sometimes you'll go and you'll investigate a site and it'll cause time to pass and what that will do is like the various projects you've queued up or you know research that you're doing they'll sort of run down the timer on those things and there's world events where sometimes like um the aliens you know attack a site and you have to respond etc etc and that's but the, there's also just missions where basically, like, you, basically, there's points where you can't help but get into a skirmish, and that's this is like the the really entertaining part of the game, in my opinion. So the combat is sort of a grid based ish. It's it's not really a grid. Um, it's 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 an open map, but it it sort of plays like a grid based sort of thing when when you're moving and you know placing troops and everything but uh it's it's much more refined much more polished uh but think like basically sort of uh if you've ever played final fantasy tactics it's it's a similar sort of premise to that in a lot of ways this game is not that much different than any other tactical turn-based strategy rpg uh just as far as like general combat goes with a few exceptions uh, the the biggest and, and and most important exception here is the Overwatch function, and so what what you can do and 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 basically this is in my opinion one of the best parts of the game because when you utilize this this mechanic properly, uh, it it basically sort of turns you into uh, turns turns you the the game into an ambush simulator where you just sort of try to herd your enemies into these lines of fire that just you know they run through and just get mowed down but what you can do is after you so every every you start out with four squad members and you can eventually upgrade to six uh just through expanding the avengers facilities and spending resources on upgrading that stuff but every 
every squatty that you have, you can sort of there. You actually have like two rounds or two movement phases, and you can move and then act, or you can take two movement turns and move a farther distance on the map. So there's a little bit of a risk reward there, and there is a fog of war. So sometimes, you know, this game does almost encourage you to sort of have a very like slow like go post up you know put put somebody in sort of a defensive position and and prep them and that's where the overwatch really sort of like takes takes you know just sort of shines because what you can do is it's and again this is like the slower method where as you take one of those turns you move up basically to the point where you can still take an action you set your guy in cover you turn on overwatch and you just sort of you keep scouting out the area and trying to sort of get the lay of the land and see where enemy troops are. Um, but this, so this, what this, and and now I guess I've got to actually describe what Overwatch does. So after you you do that and you activate Overwatch, that ends the turn for that character. But what it does is it puts them in a sort of a defensive posture so that. If anyone crosses, if any enemy crosses in their line of fire, it automatically triggers them getting up and responding and and firing. And so, and like I said, this is where I think the game is just can can be just a ton of fun because what you can do is, especially if you know where the enemy is and they haven't been alerted to your presence yet, you can sort of creep right up to the areas where they would become aware of you. You can sort of encircle them or sort of build like a a basically a gun court like a, a gunfire corridor and then you can you know usually so i'll just i'll sort of talk about actually how i would play this so my typical build is uh and there's different classes the rangers are skirmishers they're they're high damage uh they have some abilities that sort of make them basically you can move them all the way across the map and and they can sort of like get up in an enemy's face they actually have a melee option uh and they can equip shotguns so very high damage lots of mobility and there's grenadiers who sort of they serve as uh you know heavy gunners but they also well they're they throw grenades and they deal with explosives and that's really so they they you know they tend to be very sort of almost defensively oriented. Um, but uh, there's uh, specialists and the specialists are sort of can divert, like uh, there's, there's a skill tree that you can sort of for each one of these classes that you can diverge, you know, and, and sort of pick from one of two options every time they, they rank up. And the specialists have basically a medic side and then a sort of a, techno uh a techno threat side where basically they they do a lot of damage against robotic enemies then you have the sniper and uh the sniper well or they might call him the marksman in that but he's he's basically you know he's, he's a sniper and he has uh you know there's and and like i said there's different ways to build each one of these these kind of these different characters you can actually unlock a fifth class um and i think you can unlock a a a sixth type of unit which is like a, a mechanized unit uh i haven't gotten to that point yet but i'm i'm pretty sure that i it's there it was in the last one 
And uh, I would be highly surprised if there wasn't some sort of mechanized unit in this one as well. But then there's this, the, the psyops unit. And like instead, of, when I say psyops, I don't mean like psychological operations. I mean psychic operations. They have, uh, they can do all sorts of like weird mental juju uh, and, and mess the enemies up that way. But so typically my layout is I usually run with a ranger or two. And sometimes I'll go with two grenadiers instead of two rangers. I usually have a, a medic specialist handy. Um, and then I keep one of the sort of the, the techno warrior um, medics and, and the, our specialists. And, and he can actually act that he does a lot of buffing and stuff too. Like they can do some buffing and um, stuff like that too, as, as well. So at that point in time, let's just say I've got a ranger, two grenadiers and uh, two specialists. And then I'll use the, 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 uh, the psyops character. And what I'll do is I'll sort of plant everybody around or I'll, Throw, throw a sniper in there instead of a grenadier. So I've got a ranger, a grenadier, a sniper, two specialists, and the psyops guy. And what I'll do is I'll get everybody sort of close enough and, and, and I'll keep the sniper back a little bit and sort of give him a good clean shot. And without alerting anybody to like, without alerting the enemy to my presence, I'll get everybody sort of as close as I can. And I'll like, basically post them up in positions and then put them in overwatch and i'll fire a shot from you know and i'll try to actually just eliminate an em and an enemy oh geez i'm talking really great but an enemy with uh a, you know a sniper round and send you know whatever squad he's with sort of scatter and usually in that time like after they sort of become aware they'll do some maneuvering and that's when you know they can activate the overwatch and sort of run into that it's it's just super duper satisfying like setting up this sort of trap and uh when the enemies just sort of run right into the the uh the overwatch line of fire and and get mowed down it's uh it's a and it, it's an incredibly satisfying experience and that's while it's that's one of the best parts of that game it's also one of the worst um, just because there is some weird percentage stuff with the RNG and damage output and how it deals with all of that and and how cover works. And even in setting off Overwatch, sometimes it's like, I wish I knew I had almost like a, a cone where it's like, if they enter this area, this will trigger Overwatch. But it's, there's there's a lot of stuff that's actually just feels sort of really up in the air, which yeah, I guess it makes the the stakes a little higher and it makes like it, the the game sort of have a little bit more I don't know what the word I would use is um I want to say like you know it it sort of raises the stakes, it makes it a little more intense and and a little you know, sort of adds threat or pressure, you know, to these turns and, and sort of making these decisions matter. And, uh, you know, there, there are times when like, you know, I'll fire a shot and, and sort of, I have like what I, I sort of like, basically, I think I've got this nice little kill box and I'm just going to like rip these dudes up and it just 
doesn't go my way at all. And and I guess that's sort of like more realistic in the sense that you know that's probably how that's probably how something like that it, it wouldn't always work out these perfectly executed or coordinated traps. But you know and and I I just feel it is just one of those things that's unfortunate, you know, that because this this game and and maybe I'm just playing it the wrong way, you know, but I I want to sort of almost play this like a chess match. And there's a lot more randomness in like, you know, chess, it's you you have you have the playing field and the pieces and the rules are the same every time, whereas in XCOM 2, you know, these the, the enemy units can sort of do whatever the AI make has them do. And uh it just it's one of those things where it just feels like the game is really, really enjoyable, but it's also incredibly frustrating. And so I spent a lot of time save scumming because it's just when you hit that point where you, you, you set up like an encounter and it just blows up in your face, you know, it's, it's a game that I think would, I guess the short version of this is that the game would benefit from just understanding that the really fun part about that squad-based combat is the the opportunity to experiment with different strategies and and have different sort of stratagems and and be able to I don't know play around a little bit but because it it I mean so quickly especially early on in the game you can just like one one poor decision can just kill like just basically a party wipe it can just like wipe out the squad and then uh you know and it's not like you know there's just the the fail state is oh you guys retreat or whatever it's like you lose those units and any progress that you've had with those units and so in order to not just constantly feel like you know you're having to almost like start over again which is probably yeah a more realistic experience, but I'm not playing this because I want a realistic experience. I'm playing this because it's a stinking video game, and I want to like get into some of the gamier aspects of this. Um, and so it just and you know there's a lot of times like you know you you sort of set up your gambit and it doesn't really work out the way you want. And and for me, it's just like well that's an unacceptable option. And I'll just go back and I'll replay the same turn five or six times. And, you know, I'll have to reload from a certain point every time. You know, I'll just go back and, and sort of reload and autosave. And the loading times are not, like, like I mentioned before, the loading times are not great. Which just makes me think that, you know, like, I really want to play this on PS5 with having it load super quick. I, I'm wondering if it actually just wouldn't be a little more enjoyable. And uh, because at that point in time, you could sort of just like play around uh, with with just different types of strategies and tactics. And it, it would be like just a lot snappier. And frankly, like I really I, I, I like this game. I like it a lot. And, and I and I actually recommend it for the most part. Like it's it's a pretty strong should play in my book. Like I think it's it's just a great tactical turn-based strategy rpg uh 
and it's got some really great systems and you know like i said i couldn't give two rips about the story but i i think it's got some great like mechanical and gameplay hooks and you know it's that's sort of what i'm into the the biggest problem is that it's just some of the systems aren't nearly as you know elegant as as i think i'd like you know like i said it it would be helpful if you could see the you know where the overwatch cone sort of or you know how however that works like whatever the line of sight is if you could see where that is you know when you're when you're sort of laying things out it'd be helpful especially sort of you know in setting up those those traps and the ambushes and everything else um you know and there's you know even some issues with cover where it just feels like there's sometimes where there's there's like whenever you you're taking a shot at an enemy there's some percentage based stuff and it's just like some of the 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 percentages and and just the way the rng works with that and just the ai and everything else i just kind of like yeah it, it feels like it's it's pretty heavily tilted against you for the most part which is not my favorite thing i can't say that i'm a huge fan of that um but i mean and you know all those gripes aside like at its core this is just a there's a lot of fun to be had there it's just it is mitigated by just some of the well the lack of polish um you know but if you like tactical strategy rpg games like if if you if you're a fan of games like final fantasy tactics or i'm trying to think of some other ones i played the, the final fantasy tactics is sort of like the poster child it's like that's the one that we just sort of like like this is you know the game uh but it's it sort of scratches some of that itch and it's a it's actually a pretty interesting universe like i don't really care about the story but i think the set pieces are neat and i think like the the tech and the weapon options and just the different types of unit builds like those are neat and the different equipment you know that that stuff's really really cool and compelling um you know yeah, it's just it's it's one of those games that there there are some problems in my opinion. It's very good. It's very very good. I, you know, I I want you guys to hear that, but you know, it is also there. There's some stuff where it's not. You know, this thing isn't like you know, batting a thousand, and you know, it's 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 a winner, and it's it's a good time, but you know, just especially for the way that I'm playing it, I think if it just. On, it, it's almost like and i hate saying this because you know i didn't make the game but it almost feels like for who is I, I think the developer of this game and it, it almost feels like they didn't really understand sort of what they should do with this property and there are a lot of improvements in xcom 2 in comparison to the the the, the xcom reboot but uh overall it's just kind of like eh, you know it's like there's some stuff in there that i i love the gameplay and i've i've sort of been like you know digging into it pretty hard but uh yeah so anyways those are some of my thoughts on xcom 2 hopefully there's like not too much like rambling or craziness in there um you know but if you guys are still listening you know thanks for your time uh, you know, thanks for the listen. And if you like what you hear, if you like what we do, you know, you know, do the, the rate sub review thing. Um, 
you, you know the things. You know, like, you know what you're supposed to do. But uh, until next time, guys, hey, have a good one. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Backlog Breakdown. If you want to join in the conversation, you can email us at thebacklogbreakdown at gmail.com or join our Facebook group, The Backlog Book Club, on Facebook. And on Twitter, our handle is at BBDownCast. Of course, you can also catch Nate and I on our social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, and the GG app. I go by Broccolope, that's spelled B-R-O-C-C-O-L-O-P-E, and Nate goes by Nate underscore McKeever. Till next time, loggers, you keep beating down those backlogs, and we'll keep breaking down the benefits. Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No, I am your father. No, no, that's not true. That, that's impossible. This is such an incredible moment. A memory that will bring joy to the hearts of millions of people for generations. Wait, wait, what? The sort of thing they talk about on the Retro Station podcast. The stories, movies, music, moments that brought us together as a people. That we enjoyed with friends. You laugh about this with your friends? My life has been a lie! Exactly. This is wonderful. You're crazy! No, everyone agrees this is a truly classic moment. Wait, wait a minute. Did you kill mom then? I'd I'd rather not talk about that. Oh, I I bet they talk about that on the retro station, huh? What a classic moment that was when mom died? Actually, most people thought that was a bit of a letdown. They made memes making fun of it. They, They made memes of mom? The Retro Station Podcast. Celebrating all those things that made us nerds.